0: Ah, uh, stand up, baby! We're all standing. Everyone's standing.
1: Everybody, get up! And we are back with another episode of the Big Stiff. Today on the podcast, we have a very special guest, someone who's coming through the ranks. But before we do that, we're joined by a uh, guest host, none other than uh, Jacko. How are we, bud? Yeah,
0: not too bad, yourself.
1: Ah, uh, not too bad, mate. Not too bad, mate. This is, you might you must be excited for this one because uh, you're a Bulldogs fan yourself, and we have a you know, someone who's making their way through the ranks, and, and Danny here. Yeah, I'm very sorry for this one. This is, this is going to be a great one. Yeah, well, well, like I said, today on the interview we have uh, Danny Gantos, uh, was a player who was on the cusp of NRL and a very talented one at that. Uh, he is currently on the Bulldogs roster and his preferred position is hooker. Uh, in 2018, Danny played for the Bulldogs in the Harold Matthews Cup where he was uh, lightning fast out of dummy half, earning him a representative jersey for the under-16 New South Wales Blues. Then in 2019, Danny then moved up into the SG Bull competition where he played the whole season coming off the bench trying to improve his position in that team to get the starting role. In 2020, Danny had achieved his goal in getting the start, uh, getting a start from the SG Bull team. However, the season end was uh, cut short. Before the finals, due to COVID, unfortunately, uh, in 2021, Danny had officially not only earned his starting role but become the captain of the team, leading the team to the finals, where they had unfortunately lost in the grand finals to the Raiders, who went on to beat the Roosters in the grand final. All right, well, just not not a bad little resume there, Danny already. But how are you? How are you, buddy?
2: Good yourself. How are you?
1: Ah, oh, not too bad. Not too bad. It just seems like uh, COVID the last couple of years is. Been kind of ruining everyone's development, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, it sure has. and um, had a little big impact on the juniors, especially Harold Matz, S.G. or All the ages getting pushed mm. up a year. That changes the whole yeah. um, development stages or the contracts, all that.
1: That's just yeah. it's, it's so gutting to see, like you know, young people like yourself who are who are just on the cusp of making it, having to wait two or three years for development yeah. because of you know the stuff that's happening.
2: Yeah, a lot of players getting um pushed back a year or two. Like most mm. players, you get the they usually play Harold You're young, mm. another year. They see how you improve, how you get there. You get a Jersey flag um, under it. You get three years younger. Get a preseason there. They watch how you go. You get pushed up then um the year after instead of playing your HSG ball, you get pushed up to flag. See how you go there. If you mm. perform there, then you get to get pushed up for a development contract or a train and trial deal, and all that got pushed back due to the COVID. So. Instead of getting the preseason that year, you had to wait for the year after. And then there's also NRL COVID bubbles, so yep. anyone anyone outside that was allowed to do NRL training has to wait until the government um, gets out new restrictions and all that.
1: So yeah, that's that's just frustrating. It is all right, but well, we've got a quick five five questions for you here. Um, your favourite uh, NRL player, past or present? Ah, uh, Sonny B. Williams and Hasmul Mullins. Easy, mm, nice, nice. Uh, favourite movie? Favourite movie. Too fast, too furious. Oh, yeah, that, that, <laughs> no, is, that, a good, that movie. is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um. So when you go to the bar and you know you're coming out with the boys, you might be even going to the club. Are you? Are you more of a bar man or are you a dance floor? Nah,
2: more of a dance floor. I don't drink.
1: Oh well, surely we'll see you. Maybe, maybe when you score a try on the NRL, mate, we'll see a couple of try celebrations from you. <laughs> yeah. <absolutely. laughs> um, your hero growing up. Um. I'd say probably my my dad,
2: good role model, looked up to him. Yeah, kept me away yeah. from partying, staying up late nights, Definitely uh, made me focus on footy more. So I was all right.
1: That's that's huge. Um if you could have a beer with any three people, past or present, who are you choosing?
2: Um, mm, I'd say Sunny Bill, probably have a drink of him, but um I'm from Muslim background, so I don't drink. Yeah. Oh, sorry, uh,
1: yeah. or oh, cup of tea, sorry. Cup of tea, sorry. Cup of tea. <laughs> no,
2: <laughs> just, um, yeah, probably i will say Sonny Bill. Love to meet him. Um, love all love
1: right. to meet well, him. We'll...
0: Yeah.
1: Well, we'll get stuck into the first
0: question here. Yep. So first of all, I just wanted to ask Danny, how's things going down in Sydney at the moment?
2: Oh, it's uh, pretty bad. No one's allowed to leave five-kilometer radius from the house without a reasonable yeah. excuse, so... Even going down to the park to kick a ball around, not allowed to do that unless you're running or training. And you've got to wear a mask at all times, even while training. So oh, be 500 to $1,000 fine. Oh, that must be... That's Jesus real Christ. There. Yeah, you can only have one training partner. So oh. pretty much wrecks all the development. Not not much contact in the past two years anyone's had. So the bodies won't be used to it when we get back into it and all that.
0: So, so how do but you go with team structure then? What is it? With- with team structure in the team, like getting your uh, your combinations right with everyone.
2: Oh, we, we just got to focus on pre-season for that. We usually start off hard in pre-season. It's all about strength and conditioning, it's getting yeah. fit. And then by the back end of that, we get trial matches. And we usually pre- practice during those trial matches and right the last four weeks before the season starts. That's when we start gelling properly, trying to get our plays together, trying to get our sets and our structure.
0: Beautiful. Cause, cause I, I was digging around the last couple of days trying to find some information, and there's very limited stuff uh, that's online. Do, could you tell us some stuff about yourself? Maybe like your school or your junior club.
2: Oh yeah, played uh, club footy for, uh, cat for the Canterbury Comp Juniors, Bankstown Sports. We had a really good team, won Immortals Cup, best of the state two years in a row. Um, we won six, seven grand finals in a row together. Um, then filtered into Harold Matz. We had fourteen. To sixteen of our players in the Haramats squad, but slowly, slowly to SG Ball, you see, um, all the boys that aren't switched on, all the boys that don't um have discipline and all that, they filter out. You see other people that don't have much talent but um have the hard work and effort to get through, and um it really changes a lot. So I had like fifteen of my team in one team in Haramats to SG Ball, where it's just three of us left from best of the state to just three players from that team. So it changes heaps.
1: They're they're trying to hide you, mate. They don't want any other clubs to pick you up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they don't want any info out on you.
2: Yeah, I copped a couple injuries. Um, Haramati was a good year for me. Copped the injury before Origin. Had a syndesmosis in my left ankle playing year up in club footy. But uh, I just made it back. So my first game for Origin was, um, was out for 10 weeks. So that was my first game back in 10 weeks. That was a pretty quiet game for me. And then after that, um, focused on rehab and all that. Had uh, SG War year Young, had a good year there. Um, so then I got pushed up to FLEG preseason. Had a good uh, FLEG preseason there. Um, SG War my age, then got cancelled short because of COVID. So then um, mm. had nothing, no training or nothing for that whole year because of the COVID bubble and all that. And then yeah. started again yeah. at, well, last year, had a preseason again of the FLEG. Um, got the captain role. For HG Ball, love playing with the boys. It was a good um, good opportunity. We were undefeated till around round nine, I think. Yeah, round nine, we lost against the Rabbitohs. Got a couple of injuries, started falling apart versus the Premier's Raiders in the semi-final. Copped a concussion, copped a torn MCL oh, in that game. Gee was So I didn't play much in that game, but the boys put their heart out, played our best, and um, unlucky that we lost there. But Not a lot of the boys from the Canberra Raiders. There's a heap of talent coming through there. Xavier Savage, Trey Mooney. He's just there. He's on the cusp of a debut as well. Can't wait to see him play.
1: Now, um, now you're under the Bulldogs, of course. Um, Did did COVID kind of ruin your chances for top 30 this year, or was it was it always maybe like you were maybe a couple of years away? Because I understand you're still quite young, aren't you? You're about 21.
2: Nah, I'm 19.
1: Holy heck! I thought you were 21. I'm (laughs) way
2: off. No, I
1: haven't had a, hair card. Haven't had a hair card in two months. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, bro! So you're even younger than I thought. So yeah, yeah, so yeah Well, I mean, oh, gee whiz, that's that's insane. I actually well, the just was looking at
0: now.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like, was it? Did you have a chance of top thirty this year if it wasn't for COVID, or was it? Is it always uh, a two year, two years? It's usually
2: like um you get promoted from SG Ball, like because you know how the SG Ball season is more of a summer comp. So yeah. we finish around yeah. we finish around round four in the NRL season. So you, then you get pushed up to flag. When you perform in flag, um, while you're younger and you perform in flag, they say you can handle um, people older than you. Because if you can't handle flag two years older than you, you can't really handle NRL versus professionals mm. and all that catching up to them. So they see how you perform there. You get pushed up there. You get a development contract, or yeah. a training trial, or you get a preseason. So, like, end of this year, I've got a seven week preseason with the NRL team. So, I've got seven weeks there to train with them. If they like how I go, I can either get extended for your training, yep. which is full time. So, you'll be training Monday to Saturday, like from eight mm-hmm. to four every day. So, it's pretty full on. And then from there, you can either get a train and trial deal, which you could see like uh, Bailey Beyond the Odo. He was on a train and trial deal. You get to debut yep. after around 10 with the new rules, or a development contract where you're part of that, not top 30, but you're in like top 36. So you're just yep. an extended. You're an extended squad, so that's what you really want to aim for that, to at the start of your start. Is that your kind enemies. of like
1: Bradley? Bradley dates as well. Was he on one of those?
2: Yeah. Bradley dates. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Was, oh, he was sorry. on one of those. He's on one of those now. So you don't have to be part of the top thirty with the new rules. It's um by round ten. After round ten, any of those development players are allowed to be integrated into the squad, unless um if it's any time before that, you got to submit an application to the NRL to yeah play. Like interesting you've seen in round,
0: round three. Yeah, because I, yeah, I think was that was the same with Brad with uh, last year. Oh, no, sorry, this year how uh, Jeremy Marshall King was out for a bit and then he yeah, came yeah.
2: in. the position. yeah, because he was injured. They were allowed to um play him earlier than the round ten limit. A uh, lot, lot of new rules. Uh, so,
1: have, have you played or know anyone in the current Bulldogs outfit?
2: Uh yeah, uh, Jackson Sapoin. He was my captain for Geelong Estibol. Yeah, and I played club. I played club footy with him too. He's a really good player, really dedicated. Um, his preferred position is row, but he's been pushed into hooker. So I'd love to see him play uh, row more.
1: Mm, yeah, because he, oh, Bulldogs are just copping just a lot of suspensions, yeah. a lot of
0: injuries right now, aren't they? Yeah, they're copping a lot. Yeah. So I just wanted to ask, is the jump from club to pro insane? Like, Can you walk us through the process of how you got to be in your position? Like, Was it a trial or was it a, like maybe from school or from your junior? Or um, was it just a simple phone call?
2: I was, in a, I was in a private school, so it was more academic for me. So yep. I didn't get to get through the school footy, Australian school boys and that, because a lot of uh, people get their um, their names from school footy, like uh, Bradman Best and all that. They all made Australian school boys. They carve up there. There's heaps of talent going through the school boys, but all the private school boys um, that don't have footy and all that have to make it their mm-hmm. own way. So for me, it was club footy into development team. And then from there, you get picked into a Harold Matt squad of around 40 people. So for hooker, I'll have around four players to battle it out with for the position, and then from there, um, if you cement your spot in how make a name for yourself. It's pretty much an easy process to achieve more on that as long as you keep playing consistent and all that. Keep grinding. But it's grinding really hard as well. You... Just keep going Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like you can't just have a one good year and think that that one good year is going to give you a shot for the next couple of years. It Doesn't work like that. You got to mm. perform every Yeah, a lot of yeah, players you see have a standout year in how Mats but slowly die out by S.G. Wool. And you see that a lot when um, <coughs> boys just stop putting it in hard work and effort.
1: It must be so exciting being so close, you know, like to the NRL and, and everything yeah. that comes with it as well, right?
2: Definitely. Yeah. It's what's, just it,
1: like a, what's the feeling? What's the feeling like?
2: Um, just, like, you know, just so close there, but you just got to do that, the extra hard yard just to
1: make it like, you know, there's, still a long way like it's right there in front of me but there's still a long way to go yeah yeah you just you just got to do that extra one percent don't you yeah Uh, and and i've seen your clips online and you're just one special talent you know i don't i don't think the bulldogs have to spend all this money elsewhere when they've got you know young talent such as yourself there um do you do you love all the hype and you know and like maybe all the messages you're getting or does it make you feel nervous when you eventually make your debut um it doesn't bother me as much but um I've
2: never been the type to show off my highlights or all that. I've always liked being humble. Mm. Always liked yeah, down low, low key. Like um I never I've never posted my highlights and all that. Like one of the, the LM media productions that made my highlights, um, asked me to post it, give him a shout out, but I just said um I don't post any of that. I just mm. I don't know, I don't like growing ahead. I like staying on the low key and just keep grinding. That's yeah, that,
1: that's mom. amazing because you know like like some some people nowadays, you see, they're all about that showboating stuff, aren't they? Like yeah, you know, yeah. making a big following and and just yeah. not really wanting to do the, just be quiet and everything, gay. Eh?
2: Like, yeah, there's no point of
1: showboating and all that if you don't make it. I'd rather make it mm. and then when,
2: hopefully if I make it, that's when your name will come out by itself. You don't have to do anything. No need yeah, of showing off. And it, all, it all comes into place, it all falls into place.
1: Humbleness is where that is. That was the word that we're looking for, isn't it? That, yeah. that a lot of yeah. people need to learn. Yeah, yeah. Just to be humble, it's always, it's always been up there. Humbles. Will Chambers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, so Danny, <clears throat> has it always been rugby league for you, or has there been other sports you've uh, you've been interested in playing? Maybe like basketball or soccer? Or has it been um,
2: Well, I started playing rugby when I was under fires. Then um I tried cricket for a bit. I yep. liked it, but uh I guess rugby was always the sport to go to. I played a bit of Ostag here and mm-hmm. there. Ostag was pretty fun. Um because the team we were playing for in club footy, we all just stuck together. So we played footy together, Ostag together, touch footy together. So we always had that team bond um, together till till the older years when a lot of boys um stopped playing due to work and up yep. commitment. So um I guess I guess it was just um rugby league.
0: Oztag and cricket. Did you find playing Oztag that you, you 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 sort of developed skills from Oztag into rugby league in a way, like maybe footwork or or any. Yeah, I say um. Uh, like yeah, a bit of agility. Yeah, from Oztag mm-hmm.
2: and um, a bit of vision. Practice your passing as well. Um, I'd say, uh, but it's a bit of pre- it's a lot of pressure from Ostag if you want to play footy. So, if you're doing preseason playing Ostag, I won't recommend that because um, it does a lot of strain on your body. You get really tight <laughs> <Yeah>. after it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One game of Ostag feels like a two hour session of footy. How, how long does a
1: game out. of Ostag go for?
2: A oh, half an hour. But it's a, and it's, it's full a, on
1: half an hour, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Because it's always stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. So, at the end of the day, when you go to sleep, wake up the next morning, your back's tight,
1: your hammies are tight. The calves feel like kind of out. Yeah, pretty full on. Yeah, and I, and I'm a big boy, eh? So I'm definitely not going to be playing Oztag um, anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> there's
2: actually there's actually a lot of big boys that play tag Oh, In the lake, where, yeah, in well,
1: the lake where... yeah, yeah, Jack. I won't be any I, love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching it. I love watching it. Um. Yeah. All right. Well. Um, with the shutdown of SG, the the um, ball competition and not being able to train with the team due to COVID, does I think I think we touched on it a little bit earlier, but obviously it makes things a lot harder in combinations and everything. But um, is there still a way you can train? I know I know you said earlier like you can do two um, like one on ones and everything. You can have two people training with you, but is there actually like a period where you're allowed to train with your whole team or nah?
2: No, we have to wait for the government to allow us to do that for uh. the. Or an announcement by the New South Wales Rugby League. That's about it.
1: Yeah. Do you, Do you guys like have constant meetings as well? Like, just so you guys still get that kind oh, of team bonding stuff.
2: Yeah, we've been having um Zoom meetings around once a month. We get a oh, Zoom yeah. meeting. Um, we got to report what we eat, our weight, and they they still send us well, in a big group chat, like a WhatsApp group chat. They'll send us fitness drills to do weekly. Yeah. And as long as we follow that, we just stay fit. But it still affects your um development. So. These two years are really crucial for all the development coming through, especially how the NRL is talking about not enough talent to expand, mm. yep. and all those topics. So yeah, it's gonna really affect that.
0: See, because I'm I'm it's... actually I'm actually against the NRL with that. I reckon there is enough talent. I just I think the coaches aren't aren't at the level. I actually agree with Wayne Bennett in that way, because because like, like I've like I've said to Jacks that I I think there's enough talent in 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 the Bulldogs for instance with you that if you put yourself into an NRL team, I reckon that you could be up to standard. Obviously, with the, with the way that COVID's been, you don't get enough time with the development system. But I feel like that if you were given the chance, I don't know, you, you, you could be like next Damien Cook in a way.
2: Yeah, my personal opinion is um, there is, but I reckon um, the NRL should focus more on development, like more yep. the younger years. I 100% years. agree. Like, I, I was yeah. really against the... Holden Cup removal, I reckon that was a really good thing. Um, watching the Holden Cup every, every time before uh, before an NRL match was really like you'd look at it, you'd find that really fun. It was like more like the Auckland Nines where there's a lot of action. Yep. Like in the and the Holden Cup there's a lot of tries. You see, um, up new upcoming talent. Like I'd go, I'd go on YouTube now and then, and Ponga, Holden Cup. You'd watch those. You'd see all the other all the other boys that are uh, progressed through to NRL. Watch their Holden Cup highlights. They they're really like phenomenal. So I'm pretty sad that he went.
0: Also, like
1: think. with that Holden Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I was just gonna say also with that Holden 2020 as well, it, it kinda makes players like yourself feel like, oh man, I, I'm actually playing like it kinda it kind of makes you feel like you're playing on the big stage because you're you're a curtain raiser to a bigger game and everything, yeah. you know.
2: And you're also televised on Foxtel. I think pretty sure that was all televised mm-hmm. on Foxtel, the Holden Cup. Yeah. And there was that there was just more money in there for development, which allowed because some people give up footy just due to work commitment and all that because um, there's a lot of people from backgrounds that come from poor backgrounds. They need to perform. They need to make uh, work, support their family, pay for bills. Like, I know a lot of boys um, my age that are paying bills for the, helping their parents out or they just live with one parent. The parents are divorced, they're only child. They don't have much work on. And, yeah, it's pretty hard for some people out there.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it definitely, definitely has to be hard for some people out there.
2: Now you, you see some good stories like um when Simira Driver played for Australia, bought his mother um, a a or um all the people that come from like uh, Polynesian backgrounds that have come here overseas looking for an opportunity into NRL and all that. It's pretty much harder for them. Like they have to get through reserve grade. Or run Massy cup, they gotta get through Ron Massy cup into reserve grade into an NRL squad, so it's a pretty long process.
0: Yeah. Now, now, Danny, the way you play the game, in my opinion, is very similar to a former bulldog and what I believe is one of the best dummy halves in the world at the moment, in Damian Cook. Have you looked at any other hookers or number nines and try to base your style off them at all? Um, I
2: started playing hooker when I was in under 12s playing in Europe. Yeah. And I think that I think that was the same year. Damien Cook came out on the scene, so I started getting the comparison from him straight away. So yeah. since then, I've been just looking the way Damien Cook plays, but I've I really like the way Red Miney and um, Harry Grant play as well. Yep. Because I've I've always he watched Cameron, like Cameron Smith, the goat. He's up there, obviously, but mm. he's um he's more of a organizer around the rock. Yep. Whereas where I'm more of a running hooker. But I also try yeah. to integrate, inter, inter, integrate that in my game, like the kicking style, his passing game, uh, vision, ID, all around that. you got to have all of it to be, to be um up there against the top and the best. Very, very yeah,
0: much. You, you I, almost, I actually can, agree with that. You can always compare it in a way to maybe like Tom Starling at the Canberra Raiders at the moment.
2: Uh, yeah, comparison to Tom Starling too, yeah. um, I like the way he plays. He's yeah. really uh, he's a really dynamite off the bench. Like, there's a lot of hookers... um. You see him impact so much off the bench, but while, while when they start, it's a big difference because starting and coming off the bench is um, it's a really different role. Yeah. Like me, me starting for SG Ball compared to me coming off the bench, there's much less highlights because you're doing all the hard work starting. Like that first 20 minutes of the game is where all the bashing, hitting up and all that happens. That's where you get tired and the fatigue kicks in. And as soon as you get that, that bench player coming on, changing the game, adding that spark, it just changes the whole game. That's why Melbourne are so good. Yeah. Yeah. That combination they yeah. have with Brandon Smith and Harry Grant just Brandon changes Smith. the
1: whole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now in 2018, um, you represented New South Wales under 16s. Uh, it's actually crazy to say that. <laughs> That's ridiculous because three years ago I was 22. Um, what What was that feeling like? Like well, uh, like the emotions real... and everything.
2: I think that was the yeah. first time I first time sleeping somewhere without my parents. So it was pretty fun. Mm. Um we went to yeah. play <laughs> played at Suncorp. Playing at Suncorp there. Yeah. So we had a camp. So I think it was a three day camp. Flew down to Suncorp. Had a session there, went for a walk. Um and the atmosphere at Suncorp was amazing. Like um I think it was Brisbane versus uh, Brisbane versus Warriors. Yeah. Um yeah, I think it was I was a packed stadium. The atmosphere was unreal, couldn't even hear the guy next to me on the field. I was, just, I was just trying to focus on, um, I was like, I was just thinking after the game, how do other players, or like in State of Origin, how do they hear each other? Like how loud do they have to scream to hear each other? Like to hear the calls mm. and all that. Like the halfback's five metres away from me, but I can't hear him without him screaming. Like you can barely hear him. <laughs> how loud the and the stadium there was unreal. And the funny story is um, I accidentally left my jersey there at Suncorp. I'm oh. playing jersey. Oh so no. I, yeah. Left my headgear and my jersey. Oh.
1: Oh, did did you eventually have you got it back yet, or someone's just nah. nicked it?
2: I think someone nicked it.
1: Oh. Oh. oh, no! So if you're listening, if you're if you're somehow listening to this podcast, mate, give us jersey back. We've had yeah, We've had enough. Yeah, we want please. it back. What <laughs> I,
0: I got is the shorts and the socks. <laughs> yeah, The pro wants his jersey. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Was
1: sure. so? Could you could you potentially like run us through? Like you, you, you've been through a lot, you know, like through the grades and everything. What's the difference in training in every grade? Like is it similar or it like when you go up, is it another level up of training and when you go up again, you know?
2: Um, from club footy to Matz, when you just start representative footy, it's actually a big jump. Like type of fitness, you like it's free. Some teams are four days a week, some teams are free. But even that three days a week, it's a big jump because you're used to doing two days a week, you're still in school but then you start doing three to four days where it's hard, intense training, especially pre-season. Pre-season is really tiring. You come back, you just finish school. Obviously, uh, you love your school sport, so you'd be playing sport at school all day. Then you come back to training, doing um, Malcolm's and doing your suicides, and you're like, "Wow, why, why am I doing this for? And then straight from there, you finish a two-hour session into the gym, then you're in there for like another hour. And then you think that, you get you get the hang of it after six weeks, but then when you get pushed up to HD board it's a whole new level where the boys are all getting bigger. You have forwards that are around forwards around 190 centimeters, 100 kilos running at you in the middle. It's a big jump, and then it gets more about contact, um, fitness, contact, your durability your endurance. And then the jump from there to flag is even bigger because that's when you're all, you're versing fully grown men. So there's no more kids, mm. no more mucking around there. Everyone switched on. How a would have three to four players in a team that are probably um not not up to scratch because they're just mucking around bludging around that training so when it comes to game day they're the ones you spot out they're the ones you you pick out and notice in the game. But then SG Ball that, that dims down. You're getting all quality players. Then you come up to leg, yeah. we have everyone that pushed for their spot. Everyone deserved it. Everyone does the extras there. So it becomes a big competition. So that's when it starts becoming more like an arrow like I'd I'd probably run in Harlem I'd run two times a set from hooker, I was running like two times a set and you would be making 15, 20 metres. Comes to SG Ball, you'd be running once or twice every couple of sets. Yep. So opportunities, the opportunities start getting smaller. Come to the jersey mm-hmm. flag, you only get one or two opportunities that whole game. You're lucky you'd be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and if you get three. And if you miss that opportunity, that's um, that's it, you're gone. You get told off in review or yeah. you, you see yeah. mistakes because you got video after, you got game review, you got preview. See the team, see the weaknesses, and all that. So it's actually a big jump from playing, having fun, to becoming a professional is actually a big jump.
0: Yeah. Do you have a favourite coach in, in the any of the grades or? Um. Uh, I've liked all my coaches.
2: They've all been they've all been good, but um, I'd say my flag coach now Luke Vella because um he used to play hooker, so yeah. I, re- I learned a lot from him. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good having a coach that played your position because you've done a lot.
0: Yes. So, so back when I used to play uh, rugby league, I used to have this uh this superstition where I had to put the left sock on and then the right sock on, and left boot and then the right boot and so forth. Do you have yeah. any superstitions before a game? Uh, at all?
2: Uh, yeah, I think I went for a st- uh, I think even this year I done it. But um, if I'm wearing a headgear the first half and we're losing, yeah. I'll take off my headgear nope. and play. If- the second half.
1: <laughs> oh that's that's different. That's yeah, different. You um, see, yeah.
2: It started it started in um Harold Mats or in our elimination form. Yep. We, we we're yep. losing 28 twenty-eight six and then I took off my head gear second half and we came back and we won 32-28. and since then oh since then I've been doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that that happened to me in very something similar. I I never used to do the the whole left sock, right sock thing and I and I saw that people used to do it as a as a ritual. So I did yeah. it and then it was working for me and the one game I didn't, I pulled my hamstring. And I was like, yeah, danger. It's, it's, it's actually all mental.
2: Yeah. I reckon it's all head. Like I have a mate, um one of the mates I play with, our five eight, Card Rajab. If he um if we lose the week before, he won't do anything that day, the same as last week. So if he had Whitbeaks for breakfast, he won't have Whitbeaks for breakfast. If he um wore a mouth guard that week, he won't wear a mouth guard. If he woke what? up at this time, he won't wake up the, the same time that week. Yeah, it's really funny.
1: Now making the NRL isn't easy by any stretch, and a lot of sacrifices would have um you know what it would have been made in order for you for this to happen. Um, well, you know this is a two part question here, but for the for the first part, could you could you walk us through your journey? You know, like obviously it's not an easy one, and then also. Um, to potentially being a big NRL superstar and then like just maybe some of the sacrifices yourself you've had to make or maybe your family as well?
2: Uh, yeah, I'll say um, when I was younger, a lot of people said, oh, you won't make it because of the height or because politics or NRL all about politics and all that. I say, oh, you're not going to make it because of your background, your Lebanese background. They only choose mm. Aussies or all that all those superstitions, you know what I mean? Um, but yep. I always believed if you're good enough, you'll make it. If you work yeah. hard enough, you are good enough, you'll make it. Um, I think my dad and mum sacrificed a lot um, of, like, family barbecues, family events because I always had footy on. Mm-hmm. Like when we had our um, yearly rituals on Eve and I had footy on, a footy knockout or something, I'd have to sacrifice that. Seeing my grandma and all that just to take me or all the times I begged my dad for money to get the latest boots yeah. Um, put a dent into his bank account for those new materials. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my height being my height being another factor after I got into SG ball because I was around one I was around one sixty six in SG ball. Yeah. And everyone's saying, "Oh, you're too short to play. You're too small. You got to be taller to be a hooker and, and all this." And then you had Damien Cook, Reid um, Tom Stirling. They're all my height we're all around mm. the same height so so yeah it opens up more opportunities for you like thinking you have hope and all that because people always try to put you down no matter how good you are no matter what yep. you do like look at Cameron Smith look how much games he played there's still, still people argue that he's not the best or he's not um, <laughs> yeah. he just played um, like really soft his whole career all, all this talk they'll just talk about him but if they were in his shoes I bet you they wouldn't, they wouldn't be where he was today mm. But it's all just fighting demons, fighting those bad thoughts. Keep pushing, sacrificing, like um, going out with your mate late, mates late nights. Um, game, You've got a game the next day, your mates are all going out that night. You've got to sacrifice not going out with them. got to go to sleep early, get that recovery. Or training nights, um, thinking about if you should uh, skip training and make an excuse or cut corners, cheating and all that. Um, you get caught out. It ends up backfiring on you later on.
1: I mean, yeah, when when you said that 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 actually annoys me, yeah, that, that that kind of, you know, you're not gonna make it because you're Lebanese. But like if they actually just looked at the league there's actually a lot of very very good Lebanese players you know you've got Alex Tow yeah. you've got Adam Dewey, you know and um even Mitch Moses as well you've got those kinds of players that are that are Lebanese and they've been very successful like even in the like as Polynesians you get that all the time as well but all I say is like look at look at the Polynesians that are in the game right now you know you've got Mike Siva, you've had Semirad Radra you've had all these huge potential guys and and it actually just annoys me that that you know a lot of a lot of you know people say that yeah it's people
2: just hating people just um it's always going to be people that just are always against you they just want to hate for no reason no matter what
1: yeah and and, yeah it's just it it is actually annoying because it it can actually knock people's confidence down as well like and and this is the mental side of, like you said, you know the the mental side. The top one percent comes in, and you just got to block them out and just be like, no, actually, I am going to make it. I am going to prove you wrong, and I'm
0: going to stick it to you when I do make it.
2: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: So uh, I was wondering, for any aspiring young talents out there, do you have any words of advice that maybe you would uh, like to like to share with them? Maybe.
2: Um, I'd say never let anyone tell you what to do, what not to do. Always play your game. You get a lot of um. A lot of coaches telling you what to do on the field and all that. Um, like one of my coaches, he tell me, "Oh, stop running! Don't run from hooker. You're not supposed to run from hooker. Pass the ball more, pass what? the ball more." But I, I never listened. I just kept running, kept running, kept running, and that was one of the mm-hmm. factors why I got chosen for development. They um, mm-hmm. liked that new style, so I got. So I was like, only one, two of two of one players, you know, one of the two players that got chosen. The young Harold Matz. There wasn't much um, people that get chosen younger Harold because it's all like. You're all kids. Then you're only 15 years old, playing a year up. So big, big, big jump. So um, all, yeah, my coaches tell me, "Don't run, don't run, don't run." Then I got pushed up to Harold Matz, and my coach there was telling me, "Run, run, run." So you're always gonna have coaches, <laughs> or managers that are gonna have different opinions. You just play your game, and that that's what that's what's best for you. Don't let anyone change the game for you. No one can come tell me, "Oh, don't do this. Play like play like Cameron Smith. I'm a different player than Cameron Smith." Or even if yeah. people tell me, "Play like Damien Cook." Damien Cook's Damian Cook, for who he is. You can't, mm. you can't. Tom Starling, or play like Damien Cook. It'll change his whole game around. Tom Starling is Tom mm. Starling for who he is. Reid Money is Reid Money for who he is, and that's just how you got to play. You got to be your own player. You can have similar attributes, no doubt, no doubt about that. But um, just play your game. That's the only way you reach your full potential. One hundred.
0: percent I've, I've got another question. Oh, sorry, Jax.
1: No, no, no! I was just gonna say like that's that, that is actually some good advice, <laughs> but it cracks me up you know, when we say young talents out there and the bros nineteen as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that that kind of was like a two part question. My second part to that question would be how would how would someone if they wanted to play rugby league how, how would they create an opportunity for themselves to play at the top level? How would they
2: create an opportunity? Yes, mm. I guess doing all your doing all your extras, always pushing harder. Like, um, give you a quick example is uh, when you do suicides, or when you do a one point two time trial, you're going up twenty, forty, sixty back. I know a lot of boys that will cheat that, that will skip one forty or one sixty just to get the time, the mandatory, then the mandatory time under five minutes just to make it. Jeez. It makes yourself look good. It makes yourself look good in front of the coaches, but so you don't feel good. deep down. You know you cheated yourself and. When it comes when it comes to the um, when you when it comes to the time where um, that that guy next to you gets chosen before you and you say oh how come oh I got better like I'm a better player I've been better than this player my whole life I've had better talent trust me the coaches know who has more effort than the other one they'd rather pick the guy that makes 20, 20 tackles a game and 18, 18 runs rather than you that have the six damaging runs and five tackles just hiding there on the side doing nothing because they see that you're putting effort the, the the average kid puts more effort than the talented kid, and he always makes yeah. it before him. So if you're doing all your one percenters, you're doing all those little things. They count in a game. So you might make a break, but if you haven't been practicing your 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 support play your passing when you make a break, trust me, you um you failed that a lot. I've made a lot of breaks where all I got to do is give a perfect pass to the halfback next to me, but I've stuffed it yeah. up because I wasn't practicing my weak side. I was always practicing my good side. But then you learn from that. So I started practicing my my weak side, and then a couple of games after that, um, I got it right. And then from there, you just keep getting it right. And I still practice it till now because if I, I know if I stop doing that, um, other people catch on to it and other people catch up to me. Like I used to have a habit of, um, let's say, I used to have a habit of always passing to the left side as a dominant, no matter what, no matter what was in front of me. This is in the years, But I kept practicing my weak side, so now I can pass left and right. So teams would have spotted that out because you have all video now. Um so anything you do wrong, everyone in the comp sees it. Every time you every time you have a game, you should know that the team you're versing knows what you're gonna do. So if I have a habit of um looking up before I run, they all notice that. They they see that in the video. So they'll know I'm gonna do that. So I've got to stay square. Like one percent of for me is stand square when you get to hooker. If I'm if I'm facing one way, it's 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 natural instinct that they're gonna think I'm going that way. So I could use mm. that as a either a tool for me to trick them or um, it could be a weakness for me always looking that way and going that way instead i would look that way step off the other foot come back the other way where it splits the markers makes it easier for the halfback on a short side or makes it easier for the for the front rowers coming in at a or b whatever it is the c line cut or unders overs and all that so one percent has really come into play in the tight game especially
1: yeah, wow. Well, um, well there's that's all. Um,
0: <laughs> thank you I, for actually, coming on. I do have one more question. Sorry, Jax. Um, no, that's all good. I was, I was I was gonna ask Danny, do you do you recommend or do you do you feel like there's any other players coming up that you may feel like, you know, they may have an eye on them or, or do you feel like there's a player in the in the other grades so you may say, Oh I, I can see that player, you know, being being a Jonathan Thurston in a way or or being an ex um, Smith. Do, do, do you see that at all?
2: I think the Bulldogs have heaps of young talent coming through, especially. Um, they got uh, an eye to keep out on uh, players to keep out on your you're eye on. Sorry, um, is probably Paul Lamari. Yep. He's a local junior, plays for my in our area. He plays centre. I'm pretty sure he'll be um, pushed up into the top thirty next year. He's he'll be 18 next year. Yeah, he's, uh, he's probably one of the he's probably one of the most damaging players. I have ever played with, I'd say. He's just his um his strength, his um endurance, his his timing. Like um those players when you just need something done when the going gets tough. He's one of those. If you watch um if you watch our round one highlights against the Roosters, you'd see a glimpse of him. Yeah. And that's him playing, um
1: that's him playing two years two years up. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's it's crazy like how fast strength and conditioning has come since back in the day isn't it like yeah. back in the days people were debuting at 22, 23 but nowadays people are debuting at 17, 18 and even 19 yeah. like it's crazy I feel
2: like, I feel like there's, a, there's a big push of a new bunch of talent coming through so mm. we had a dominant era of where um, because we had Jonathan Thurston Cooper Cronk, Darren Lockyer and all those um, they were all like they were all goaded status they all came through, so they really, kept the, they really kept their spots for a while, which um, I reckon um, stopped a lot of talent coming through because you can't really compete with them. So a lot of people would have missed out. A lot of like, average players or a bit, a bit more talented, but not as talented as them or not as good as them would have missed out. But now with the up-and-coming years coming coming through now, there's actually heaps of talent, especially with all the new training or the science being in the game. Um, yeah. Or, or the access to gym equipment now. Like I'm pretty sure twenty years ago, not not every NRL player um had access when they were younger to the gym and all that. But these days, you see twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-olds having six packs, uh, chests, veins coming out of their biceps. You, it really grinds me out.
1: Um, so that's all that we have. Um, huge thank you for Danny for coming on there, Danny. Um, you know you're you're one of those prospects that we're definitely going to watch for the future. Hopefully, hopefully, even in the next couple of years, we get to make your debut and I'm sure me and me and Jack's I mean me and Jack's me and Jack might be there at a game we're going to yell out your name mate and we'll be like remember when we interviewed you, sure, <laughs> you. but anyway uh, that's all we have time for today oh
2: thanks a lot for having me on the podcast
1: that's all good that's all we've got time for today um thank you for to the guest co-host Jacko here uh thanks for coming on bud uh um, that's all good it was an honor Yeah, but until then, um, remember to keep it stiff. See you later. Thank you. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Jack. See ya.